Welcome to the Gem Revealed podcast, where together we discover your soulmate. This is a weekly series of powerful conversations with expert speakers, thought leaders, and relationship coaches talking through the victories and villains that weave their way into our most significant relationships. Please join me, Janine Moniz, founder of Gem Revealed Matchmaking, to learn the raw truth regarding the pitfalls and plateaus of dating in today's society. We will have open and transparent conversations surrounding the staggering facts that one out of every two marriages fail. Let's stop this insanity and learn how to date smarter. Learn how a healthy relationship starts with you. What do you need to do differently to build the right foundation for your relationship? Hello, Gem Revealed audience. We thank you for stopping in today. It is my pleasure and a privilege to be here, and it's a commitment to always bring you, the listener, some of the most incredible information that could add value, not only to your relationships, but really transform the way you think and behave and have a more vibrant life that you deserve. And I never come up short, and this week I have an incredible guest with me, who's not only just a guest out in the world, but he's a really valued friend of mine as well. And he has so many credentials, and I'd love to just share with you the fact that he is an incredible therapist, a counselor. He's been helping couples for over 15 years. If I read it, he's a couples and life coach and elevates couples and does strategic life coaching. And he's registered as an associate marriage and family therapist in California. And without Um, saying that he speaks all over the world, I would say one of the most profound things he's done is speak into my life. So he's a friend, but he's also been a a coach and a therapist for me in in a few different areas. So it is such an incredible privilege to bring you my friend, Makar Nagib. And before I let him say hello, here's the topic to really pull you in and give you the hook. We're talking about today, the four pitfalls of dating later in life. So with that being said, Makar, before you dive into your topic, say hello to the audience and tell us yeah, about Yeah, hi everyone and uh, thank you. Thanks Janine. It's uh, so good to to be having this conversation with you and uh, it's also uh, really be having this conversation with the audience and that's um, go, uh, experienced so many things, uh, had such a diverse group uh, of, of circumstances that have brought them to where they are right now. And I think this is a really important topic and, uh, and I'm excited to, to go into it. Yeah, I'm excited too. So uh, Makar has actually been a guest already, but we had such great feedback from the last time that we knew we needed to bring him back. And what I would say also is the reason why I beefed up really introing him is because if you think about the title, Four Pitfalls Dating Later in Life, and then you look at Bacar and go, wait a minute, later in life, what's going on there? Because he looks like he's just starting off this beautiful (laughs) marriage and family, but he has so much wisdom and so much to offer. And I would say that just so incredibly because of the way he has spoken to my life. And I've had the privilege of hearing him speak to many. So, uh, so Makar, I'm just so grateful to dive in, but my goodness, that's a pretty big topic. Yeah, yeah. Like dating, most people think it's the black abyss. It is the black abyss. It's disposable relationships. So 
I don't know. What do you guys, what do you have to share with us today? Yeah. And it's actually a, it's a topic we don't spend a lot of time talking about. Um, people who are dating later in life, they, uh, they come to that point from many different circumstances. Like for example, maybe somebody, their spouse passed away, maybe somebody separated or divorced from their spouse. Maybe somebody um, uh, just hasn't, uh, it's, it's just still hasn't worked out that they've uh, entered into a lifelong commitment with someone. Um and actually, we're, you know, by the time people are listening to this, we're going to be getting into the holidays. And it's that's usually a time when everyone's uh, thinking about relationships and family and, and all of that. So, so there's a lot of a ton of emotions around that. Uh, and, and, and society can kind of create a lot of pressures around that too, and expectations and comments. So um, uh, I'm glad we're talking about this. I am um, too. Yeah. I am too, because what you said is, you know, it's true. Nobody shows up later in life without there. There's a lot of, I'll use the term baggage that we show up mm. later in life with. So I'm glad you're here to unpack that baggage with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And 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 so I, I want to also say before we go into some of these pitfalls that um, it's really easy to screw up dating. Right. It's really easy to screw it up. And, and it doesn't matter what age you're in, you know, whether you're, you're, you're 20 or you're 60, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and because dating gets screwed up so frequently, marriages get screwed up so frequently. I, I think everybody already knows that uh, over 50% of marriages end in a divorce. Uh, but what's less known, but still a popular fact is that second marriages, over 75% of them end in divorce. So um, what, what that one of the things that that tells us is that, you know, even the attempt to do this again, uh, is still not working, right? I mean, 75%, that's a huge number. That's that's humongous. So, so yeah. Uh, can I just jump in there with one thought? Yeah. I have the same statistics. We've come up with the same statistics, but through COVID, that's actually elevated again. Hmm. So the yeah. numbers that we just used were pre-COVID numbers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a really good point. And I, gotta, I haven't read the research yet. Uh, I don't know if anything's come out on what's been going on with first and second marriage uh, uh, divorce rates. That's going to be really interesting. But I can say just more anecdotally with clients that um, being at home, uh, the stresses of COVID, whether you are or not at home, uh, uh, more often, they're, they're bringing to the surface a lot of issues that couples haven't had the opportunity to work through or have been able to avoid. Uh, but, but because they're at home looking at each other all the time, talking to each other, or because there's just a lot more stress because of COVID, um, it's really brought a lot of issues to the surface that couldn't be ignored anymore. And so uh, couples are having a hard time. We don't seem to have the tools. Couples yeah. don't seem to have the tools to navigate how do we get through this? And yeah. they're getting into relationships for all the wrong reasons. And then chaos begins. Friction is apparent and there's no tools to minimize it. So, yeah. Yeah. so enlighten us. I sure, sure. Steps. All right. So, so, so let's do the first pitfall, right? The first pitfall is, uh, is underestimating what you have to offer and consequently settling for less than you deserve. So let me just say that again, because a little long, but, but all the words are important, is underestimating what you have to offer and consequently settling for less than you deserve. 
And, uh, and this is uh, especially an issue with people who are dating later in their life. Um, because there's a lot of, uh, I mean, I don't want to say a lot, there's probably a thousand ways to think of yourself as being less than uh, as you're doing this, right? For example, I just, just some of, um, some of the thoughts, right? For example, someone can say, well, I'm just older, so maybe I'm, I'm less attractive, or maybe I'm just, uh, people will think that I, uh, I have issues, because I'm not already in a relationship, like what's people wonder what's wrong with me, or someone can say to themselves, like I have a failed relationship in my history, or my last relationship was imperfect, or the other person, it, it, like let's say you lost a spouse uh, due to death or, or something, and you could uh, you could think that if I go out and date, people are going to think that my heart can't be fully committed because I lost someone that I loved and it, and I didn't want to lose them. So that's another way you could think of yourself as less than. Um, you could also think that I come with a lot of baggage, like kids, uh, child support, or hurt from a prior relationship, or my own habits. Um, and, and just two more that are pretty common is um, someone can just think of themselves as being worse off alone, which leads to a vicious cycle. So you think like, I'm worse off alone, so I'm not good because I'm alone, so I shouldn't be in a relationship. And, or I can't get into relationships, so I'm probably going to be alone. And it just keeps, just it just feeds itself. And it ends up being a really, really negative cycle. Um, and then, of course, you know, feeling like singleness is, is viewed negatively by society. So, so these are just some of the common ways to think of yourself as being less than, right? And, and if you do, you can accept something that is much, much worse than, uh, than you should have in your life. Right. So first of all, every word that you said, as you're saying it, you know, I, I can't agree with you anymore. Every client I speak to, especially in my age bracket, and we're really talking about my age bracket, late 40s, early 50s. That's really the age bracket we're targeting. Mm. And it's I can't share enough how many women, more so women, I would say, yeah. feel more desperate because they don't even value themselves. Yeah, That's, and it's just so difficult. But, you know, what does that look like? Well, really give us a shape. Like, when you're feeling these feelings, walk us through the highlight reel, what actually happens. And I certainly know, you know, from my experience, but what, how would you say what does this turn out like? Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a really, really good question, Janine. So, so if you think of yourself as being less than for any reason, um, you're not going to maintain healthy standards for what to look for in a life partner. So some examples is that you can accept someone who's abusive, or you could accept someone who's irresponsible or and has poor work ethic. You could accept someone who doesn't accept leadership in critical areas of life, because I mean, for a healthy relationship to work out, you need two leaders to come together, right? And, and if someone is not accepting leadership in critical areas of life, that's going to be a really tough long-term relationship. Um, and also you could accept someone who sees themselves as being better than you and, uh, and, and just having to deal with that condescension, um, you know, for, I mean, even dealing with condescension even once is, is really painful, but imagine doing that for, for a lifetime. Um, and you could also accept someone who doesn't share the same values that you have, that you'll just kind of say, oh, well, uh, you know, we, this, this, like, they'll marry me. 
I mean, you know, they'll stay with me. Uh, and, uh, but when you start to put pen to paper and think about values, you'll find that you're not really aligned, but you'll just accept it because you don't think you can, you deserve more than that. You say it, you know, so perfectly. And another way that I, I've tried to outline it is when you don't have your own self-worth and it's not only that you have it, but it's identified hmm. and you're being intentional is really what it looks like is that you're trying to find a partner to be your savior. Yeah. And you're looking for that person to be, make you happy and secure. And that's not the job of a partner. Yeah. 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 If, 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 if you're looking for someone to save you, you are not ready for a relationship. Like I just, that message needs to be really clear. Like um, uh, relationships create, um, they come with lots of good, healthy relationships come with lots of benefits, but they also add more stresses, right? So if you're not going to get the, the, the healthy, good side of it, then uh, the, all you're going to get is the stress and more pressure. And, and, and you're going to regret it. Like you're, you're definitely going to regret it. Like it's, there's like no doubt about that. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, yeah. You know, there's three others that I want to dive into and I want to make sure we have time for them, but I do yeah. have one, um, just one more question on this and you could stay on each of these topics for, you know, hours and hours. Yeah, sure. But sure. What I do want to just make it clear, make it really clear for the, the listener is what's a litmus test to know if you fall into this category. Like, hmm. how would somebody know, you know, I'm doing what Makar is talking about. I'm actually lowering my standards. Is there anything that you could say, like, here's the framework to identify this? Or, you know, what would you share with, with the listeners? Yeah, I, I would say to do um, two things. Number one is check those statements that I said earlier about these negative thoughts, self-thoughts, like thoughts about the self. Um, uh, if any of those statements resonate with you, you're probably doing that. And number two, which we weren't, I wasn't planning to spend a lot of time on, but, but it is, it is critical is anyone who is dating, anyone who's dating needs to surround themselves with a healthy team. They need to surround themselves with a healthy team. And that includes uh, friends, uh, trusted friends, not just, not just someone who's a friend makes it onto that team. It has to be like a trusted friend uh, who has like a, a good, good relationships and, and, and someone who has good advice and who'll listen to you and challenge you. Um, you can have like a, like a priest or a pastor, someone who like a spiritual guide, right? But it doesn't have to be like a priest or a pastor. It can be, you know, um, just someone who, who is sensitive to your spiritual state and health, right? Um, also, God should be on your team. I believe that God should be on your team. And also uh, your gut, like your gut feel, like how do you feel about, things. You need to be very aware of yourself. And, and so those are the four key components. For some people also, their family should be on that team. But, the, but, but not everyone has a really healthy relationship with their family. Uh, but if you do have a healthy relationship with their family, you, then, then that's five people who should be on your team, right? So I, I love this so much. And we're going to get to the next point. But yeah. um, I, I want to make it so applicable. So that's the team. What do you do with this team? Do you wait for them to interact with you and say, hey, slow down. We don't like this person. Yeah. Tell us what it looks like to be intentional with your team. 
Yeah, yeah. So you got to be talk, you got to take initiative and talk to them and, and be in, uh, in touch with them. And actually, honestly, it's not that hard, right? Because one of the people on the team is God, you just talk with them and pray. The other, the other person on the team is yourself, you just got to spend some time thinking some people even journaling is really helpful, right? Just how do I feel with this person? Um, uh, and then the other three are um, our friends, trusted friends that you're probably already in touch with, but you got to give them a call and be like, Hey, I just wanted to run this by you, get your opinion I'm gonna, on this new relationship. Like, like don't wait too long, you know? And, and, and then you have your friends finding out that you're in a serious relationship months and months in, like you should start to talk to them uh, early about it and get their point of view. And you can even tell them, Hey, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I love you and I want you to be involved in my life. But also I really want to make sure that I'm not headed down the wrong path. And, and so, and, and that's, that's exactly what you're going to say to God too, right? You're going to say, God, if this is not from you, uh, please redirect me. And, um, and, and you're going to do the same thing with your family. If you, if you, if you have trusted members in the family and with, with a spiritual guide. Yeah. I love that. Asking people to open up the blind spots that you may not have because you're too yeah. close to the situation and the yeah. journaling piece. I know for me, that's a big piece of my mm -hmm. life yeah. and in this area what you would be journaling is you know what are my core values and yeah. how are they aligning with this new person are there yeah. core values are you being intentional about really unearthing those core values or are you just physical physically attracting yeah so, yeah and also I, I would say one more thing to put in your journal is how did i feel today like how did i feel after this interaction how did i feel after this date right? What did I learn? Like that, these are some really simple, systematic questions that you can ask, because sometimes we just kind of let the emotions uh, lead us. Like you were saying, I wanted to say one more thing on this pitfall, because for each one of these, I, I do want to kind of like give people some things to, to do to avoid the pitfall. Love that. So Love actions. yeah, yeah. So, so for this pitfall, which is, um, which is underestimating yourself, um, you have to internalize the following message. Okay, this is the message. The message is, you are not more or less than someone who is dating earlier in their life. And I, and I just, and I just want to say that again, you are not more or less than someone who is dating earlier in their life. Everyone has unique circumstances. Everyone can use their circumstances to have a healthy or an unhealthy relationship. Millions of younger people have terrible relationships. So like, and that's, that's really important, right? Because we think, oh, those, those younger kids, they're, they're, they have their whole lives ahead of them. They're going to be great. Right. Um, um, and there's millions of younger people who have good relationships. So it's not about age it's at all. It's not about age at all. It's about using your circumstances in a healthy way. Your circumstances alone do not determine or dictate your romantic future. It's how you choose to manage them. So what are some things that you need to do to love and respect yourself? Okay, because that's really what this is about. It's not about talking to someone else. I would say always challenge self-critical thoughts. Whenever a self-critical thought comes in, in general, those are almost always imbalanced, imperfect thoughts. You got to challenge, push back on them. Do something to better yourself every day. Do something to contribute positively to the world every day. It could be just a little, little thing, a compliment, a smile, a, a hug, a, you know, asking about someone. Stay connected with God. Um, make a list of what's great about you. A lot of people think that that's kind of like, you know, oh, that's kind of tacky or is, maybe it's arrogant. But no, actually, you know, we're so good at making lists of what's bad about us 
in our minds. We don't even need paper to do that. We just do it in our brains. We do it all day, right? But spend some time to make a list of what's great about you. And if you're having trouble doing this work, get some help. Someone get help to do that stuff, right? And, and, and no matter what, do not accept a partner who doesn't meet your criteria, which implies spending some time to create your criteria, right? I wish that you could just repeat it all because it's so important. So yeah. important. You know, something funny you just said, and I don't want to spend a lot of time. The very first time I went through an exercise of writing 50 victories about myself, mm. it was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. And so I'd really challenge everybody, write those 50 amazing things about yourself. Take the time to finish that list. 50 things that are amazing about your life. Yeah. Very yeah. eye-opening. There yeah, go. definitely. So, 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 so let's, let's talk about the second one. I'm ready. Uh, so, so the second one is, uh, is a little different actually. So this one, it seems kind of weird, but, uh, but it is a pitfall, which is not resetting your expectations for healthy compromise in a relationship. So, so what, what that means is that once you've gotten to later in life, you have a lot of things that are kind of settled and established, right? And you've become very comfortable. You're settled. You kind of know what you're doing. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. And uh, you probably haven't been challenged to do things differently in a while. Like, it's just, hey, you know, I, I do what I want to do. I, you know, and, and, and probably by, by that, by, later in life, you, you know, kind of, we'll talk about this a bit later too, but you know, you, you have, you have a, a career, you've got, you know, established, you know, kind of built up a little bit of wealth. Um, uh, you, you, you talk to the people you want to talk to, you don't talk to, the, you do things the way you want to do them, you eat what you want, you sit the way you want, everything, right? Um, but the reality is that relationships, healthy relationships require compromise, Right. So it's not because uh, I'm more settled in life that I can, uh, ha I have to do, I have to compromise less. Actually, you just have to compromise just as much as you would have had to compromise if you weren't as settled in life. Right. Because that's how a healthy relationship works. You know, I, I love what you're saying. And I believe I can internalize that really well. But can you just peel the layers back on this a little bit more? and just share what would be healthy compromise versus unhealthy compromise, because, you know, people might misinterpret what you're saying. Yeah. We're not, it's not about compromising core values. This is maybe about, you know, I don't like to get up and go for a walk after dinner, but my partner does. So yeah. tell us just a little bit more, maybe an example or two to put some more meat on the bones on this one, because it's so important. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, even when it comes to core values, you know, it's kind of like, that. sometimes when we add the word core, it feels like, you know, uh, I don't know what to do there, right? And, and so that, that, and so what I want to encourage our listeners to do is to make a list of non-negotiables. Like, what are things that you can't negotiate? Like, like, you just no matter what happens, like, like, I'll be single for the rest of my life. It's fine. I'll do it. I can't compromise on this point. Right. right. So for an example, maybe yeah. faith, right? Yeah. Faith. You can't compromise that. Nothing, yeah. nothing will compromise that. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe for example, like, let's say you have a young child, 
right? And um, you really need you maybe also let's just say you have a young child who has a, a special need, and they need a, a specific uh, type of care, maybe for the rest of their life. That's that's a tough tough thing to think about, right? Um, but but if you do, uh, you could that's that sounds like something you would put in your non negotiables list, right? I need I need to take care of my child. That's something that. I believe very strongly about. Um, so uh, faith, um, but, but some people also have other things, you know, and I, I, am, I can't tell you what should be on, on anyone's list, but maybe, um, for example, like your career, maybe some people have like a pretty demanding travel schedule or, or just, just a lot of demands, whatever it is, right? Maybe it's the location where you live can't move from this place. Um, I don't know. There could be a bunch of other things, but, but, but there, needs, there needs to be this process where we actually sit down and, and make a list of our non-negotiables and then review it with a trusted friend who can challenge that list, right? And I, and I want to say that, you know, one of the beautiful things about dating is learning about yourself. Like dating is not just about getting married. It, you know, you also need to be open to learning about yourself. And, and, and sometimes you'll, um, you, you'll, you'll kind of, you'll meet someone, they're really nice, things are going pretty well. And then you find that one of your values is being challenged. And then, but you're like, wait, I actually like them a lot, you know, and maybe in this relationship, I discovered that I have another value that I never really appreciated because I see it in this other person. And, and so, you know, maybe the other person has their value of that. They, they have to be uh, serving in some capacity, right? And maybe you never really appreciated that was a value of yours, but you started to, you know, it started to grow on you. So, or, and maybe you're, you're realizing, hey, you know what? I thought I couldn't move from this location, but actually maybe I can, maybe I can. Right. So, so that's why I, I don't kind of want to, uh, this isn't about being a, a stubborn, right. Oh, this rigid. isn't about, or, or rigid, right. Like, and again, if, if um, you know, relationships challenge us to flex, right. That's, that's what relationships do. That's how it works. Right. And, and you think about it, that's, it starts that way with God. God is, is, is we're on a flexing journey with God, right? That's what we're doing every single day. And, 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 and that's how relationships are. Like uh, they, they massage out or they beat out knots of stubbornness and, and inflexibility. So, um, uh, you know, I want everyone to kind of spend some time to make this list of non-negotiables, review it with trusted friends, and then refer back to that list if you feel stuck in a relationship. Right. And, and see, like, you know, is this a time when I should be compromising or not? Right. And, and but but the starting point is having a list. Right. Is having a list. And then if 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 you're if where you're stuck in the relationship is not on that list, then ask yourself, is this a time when I should be compromising? You know, is this a time when maybe I should get out of my comfort zone? Because, because you can't have a lifelong relationship without getting out of your comfort zone. You just can't. So um, you're never going to find someone who's exactly like you. And, and or so do that's you just, want somebody yeah. exactly like you? You know, like, I mean, I, I know the answer to your question, right? Like, I definitely don't, right? Uh, uh, and, and, but 
you know, the more comfortable you get in life, the more you're like, you know what, you know, am I really going to have to sit out of like, like, I can't sit in this chair any longer? Or am I really going to change the colors of this? Do I have to buy a new car? I like my car, I'm really comfortable. And you find all these little these things, right, that, that are not non negotiables, but we just get so comfortable, because we've been doing it for, for decades. So so I want people to really reset their expectations for, I need to compromise. I'm not going to compromise on things that are non negotiable. But before I call something non-negotiable, I'm going to vet that list really carefully, right? But With trusted friends. Yeah. It's a great process. And I've never heard it quite put the way you just said it. I agree 100%, but you're saying it in such a way that's easy and palatable and makes so much, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I, um, you know, part of where this comes from, Janine, is that, um, I see uh, couples uh, who've been married, you know, 15, 20 years. And, uh, and one of the main issues in their relationships is that they're not compromising, right? They're just so stuck on things that are not, they're not, um, like they will themselves say that these are, they're not like non-negotiables. It's just, they're just, they're not compromising anymore, right? They don't want to flex. And, and it's a really painful thing to watch because it, the compromise will never end. Is that ego? What, what? Because you're right. You know, a lot of people causing divorce and it's falling apart. And, you know, we get as an outsider looking in say, you know, that could have been, that yeah. could have been fixed. Yeah, like, like, like just drop it, you know, like just drop it. Like sometimes we need to just move to the other side. And, and it feels uh, good. It feels yeah. good to be able to do that. So is is there anything that you can add, you know, at a super high view here to really help people understand, like, these are some of the things that cause, like, is, are you egotistical? You're not being humble. Like, what causes that, you know, foot in the sand, drawing the line? What are some of the bigger things to look out for that, that cause people to end yeah. up sitting with you? The, 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 the most, one of the most common and also the most complex uh, of the issues is um, unresolved past hurts that build up. So just clarity, unresolved past hurts from the relationship or unresolved past hurts that have been from the time you were born from mommy, daddy stuff. Honestly, it could be either, but you, you, yeah, it could be either. Um, And because sometimes also we project what happened with mommy, daddy onto our spouse. So, so, uh, you know, for example, if, if father should have been there for me, now I take that debt that came from my father and I put that onto my, uh, a wife could put that onto her husband and say, well, now you need to be there for me, right? Like in, in this, this way. Um, and so, and then if he's not there for her in the way that she wants him to be, then uh, it'll, she'll feel hurt. And if that hurt stays there and doesn't get resolved over time, she'll feel like she keeps being compromised as, as a person. And then the next time she needs to compromise again, she'll, she'll, you know, dig her heels in the ground and she won't want to move. She'll, and then, and you hear this all the time. Why do I have to be the one to say, sorry? Why do I have to be the one to, you know, to not get my way? Why do I always have to be the one? And, and it's, it's, uh, that's not what's going on. It's it's really usually both people are not getting their way in some way, right? And and that's usually what's happening. So 
that's big that is deeper stuff and definitely complex but by yeah. just saying it um you might be really turning the light bulb on for somebody who might recognize yeah. maybe i do need to speak to somebody so yeah. i can save my marriage or date in a healthy mindset yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so so the next uh pitfall is kind of like um it's kind of like the the flip are the like the the reciprocal of the one we were just talking about, uh, and this one is thinking that the stakes are lower now than when you were younger. So, uh, and and why might someone think that, right? Well, you know, when you when later in life the kids are out of the house, uh, you know, you're not risking their lives. Uh, you have enough money saved up, so you're not really you know uh, in need of the money. Uh, also kind of weird to say this, but there aren't as many years left in life to screw up. You know, it's like, you know, when you're, when you're younger, getting married, you're thinking maybe hopefully you're thinking about 50, 60, 70 years ahead. Uh, but maybe if you're 50, you're thinking about just, Hey, I'm going to, this is the person I'm going to start to grow old with right now, you know? And, and that could be some like people could think, Oh, the stakes are lower. Right. Um, and, or some people can think, and there's some truth to this is that I'm older. So that means I'm better about protecting myself. So, so the stakes are lower, right? They might think that they're, they've wisened up or they're wiser now. Right. Uh, and th there's some truth to that, but, but definitely not always the case. So the, the reality is though, is that relationships by definition have the power to impact us in very significant ways, right? By definition. Um, if you think that a relationship won't make you vulnerable uh, and exposed, then your relation, your expectations are very unrealistic, right? And and or you're not planning on having a long-term relationship. And and but if you're planning to have a long-term relationship, just know that that is going to make you vulnerable and exposed, right? And we should never fall into the trap of thinking that. God doesn't have a calling for our lives, no matter what age we're at. And that's what's at stake. That's what's at stake, right? And I don't mean to get like, you know, super spiritual here or very kind of like abstract here, right? But, but, but maybe it's as simple as God calling you to be emotionally healthy or God is calling you to be present for your family. Or maybe he's calling you to serve him in a broader context. Um, but at the end of the day, he has a calling for you. Like God wants something for you, even if it was your last day on earth, right? I mean, think about the, the, the thief who was crucified with Christ, right? God had a calling for him in that last day, that last, those last few hours, right? So, so God has something for all of us. And at a minimum, like that, this more of like an umbrella point here is that that's what's at stake. So um, uh, you don't want to find yourself in a relationship that takes away your peace or takes you away from uh, things that you value. And you don't want to find yourself, you know, even in just like legal or financial troubles, right? And those things can happen when you think that the stakes are low and you kind of, you don't really invest in do the, the hard work of, of checking to make sure that this is someone that I can trust emotionally and spiritually and physically and all of those things. So, um, so, so the point here is that take the process seriously um, and, and appreciate that you've got things to do in whatever is left of your life. And, and so don't be unwise with managing your remaining years. You know, 
every point, it's like the boy who cried wolf because every one of them is just so important. And yeah. I can't help but to really think about this one as one of the more critical ones because so many people don't know what their purpose is and therefore make the relationship their purpose. And what I hear you saying and what's so important is God does have a plan for each and every one of us and including your marriage. God's got a plan for that and you want the best one. So imagine taking the time and having the wisdom to pray about it, to do the hard work you're talking about, to make sure you're taking the right steps forward to really live out the best calling on your life. And because most people don't really buy in or they don't see it or they don't feel it or they don't know what their purpose is, they bypass this. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, it's funny. I, I just remembered a, a meme that I saw a few days ago. It said, uh, it was something along the lines of like, I don't know what's going to be more expensive, the dates that we're going on or the therapy I'm going to need after, it's, you know? So, true. So, so, so it's like uh, uh, dating uh, is a very uh, real thing and, and we just can't, um, the stakes are not low, no matter how old you are. So, and it should be taken, you know, seriously, it is the playground for marriage. This is, yeah. this is where we really get to figure it out and do our due diligence. So I can't, I, I can't express how much the wisdom is in the words that you're sharing. So, yeah. Right. Thanks, Janine. So, so there's one more, one more. Um, so the, the last pitfall is, uh, is, is probably one of the most important ones. Um, and it's really, really important, which is uh, dating without taking meaningful steps to address personal issues that prevented fulfillment in past relationships. And um, all of us, no matter what, in, in our, like, no matter what a current situation is or a prior situation is, have made mistakes in our relationships. And some of us uh, uncovered parts of our hearts and minds that needed work while we faced issues in, in those relationships. And some examples are uh, poor anger management, sexual shame, like just being ashamed of sex and, and our, our bodies or um, like there's a lot there, right? Um, unmanaged anxiety, uh, financial irresponsibility, or uh, an addiction, you know, whether it's to, to, to drugs or to pornography or to anything or to shopping or gambling. Um, and, and so your singleness, and I'm saying this to all of our listeners, and I say this, by the way, to all age groups, that your singleness is a valuable period during which you should make direct investments in your own growth. Right. And, and that, like singleness has a, a, it's a beautiful stage in life. It is not just like this waiting period for getting into a relationship. Singleness has uh, objectives and it has a purpose. And, and so one of those things is to make these direct investments in your own growth. So what can you do while you're single? Um, spend some time alone and review your past relationships. Uh, go through them. And, and this one is, it's, um, you know, Oh, it's so annoying. It's so frustrating because sometimes um, what I want to say is like, ask yourself why they didn't work out. Right. But if all you can come up with is, is issues that the other person caused, then put that on your list that all I can come up with is issues that the other person caused, which in other words is a lack of awareness. It's a failure to see 
my own role in my relational problems. Like no matter, I, I can say this, this is probably 99% true. I, I would even, I, I kind of want to say 100% true, but there's probably an exception that I can't think of right now. But if you had an issue in your relationship, you're part of the problem. Like, like that, that, that's always true. I, even if you tell me that, that your spouse was a, a, a drug addict and an abuser and beat you, like you still had a role in that. I'm not, I'm not taking hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to be a little, a little technical here, but, 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 but you're, you're right. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that, Janine. And, and no matter how extreme the, the circumstance was, please, like, please articulate your own role in your relational problems. Like what, what a wasted opportunity, what a wasted opportunity to miss that. Right. Like, like, like don't miss that. That is, that's like, that's like gold right, right in front of you. Right. So don't, don't, don't miss that. Yeah. As I'm listening, I want to go back to your team. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back to the team. If you're having an obstacle really identifying some of your own pitfalls, this might be a great time to go back to your trusted team, the team that's going to tell you the truth, not what you want to hear, but the people who are going to tell you the truth and ask them, where do you think I fall short? What have you seen, you know, in my interactions, what can you call out are areas that I might need to work on? And I love what you said about you know, this comes in all areas. This comes with, you know, it's time to really get help if there's an addiction. You know, we called out 50% of marriages are breaking up, but we also know that the pornography and alcohol and opioids, these all have insane amount of um, percentages. So this is the time to look in the mirror and decide what, what do you want to live? Like, how do you want to live? Work on yourself. Be the person that you want to date. Yeah, <laughs> become yeah. that person. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And um, you know, the point about coming back to your team—that that was one of my next points. That review it with the list of review the list with trusted people. Uh, and if you don't have trusted people, put that on your list. That I one of the things I need to work on is to get some trusted people in my life. Right? Like I need to. There's you just can't you can't succeed as a human being without trusted people in your life. So Um, because that's such a big deal, um, say somebody does say, I don't have any of those. Nobody I really trust. What would you tell them? Where would they go? How how do you just throw a team together? Yeah, I would say, um, number one, like go to places where trusted people are likely to be, right? Uh, Like, for example, I mean, it, it sounds a little cliche here, but, but, Church is like an is an okay place. Like it's, I'm not saying everyone there is perfect. Like please, uh, we just to be honest. Like a lot of a, a lot of people in church, uh, you can't trust, right? But 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 it's it's a pretty good likelihood that you'll find people you could trust there. But also, we're surrounded by lots of other opportunities to meet people. Maybe there's someone at work, depending on like our work relationships, people we can trust. But but you can also trust a therapist, like just to get it to get this started right? Like, like you can, you can implement, you can create a structure around you, right? You could find a good coach, find a therapist, um, um, uh, find any type of like spiritual guide. Um, you could also um, uh, think about people who have been good to you, 
right? Think about people who live a good life. And you can literally, like, this is not about finding best friends. This is about finding people you can trust, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Even maybe what's just hitting me is more mature people. Like some of those, that gray-haired wisdom, oh, if yeah. you've got a grandma or an aunt or a great aunt who, who has watched you grow, that might be a person you just say, hey, can, can we go out for lunch? Yeah, yeah. And you know, love you, just something that just came to mind right now is that sometimes the, the people you should really be spending more time with are, they can on the surface seem a little boring, you know, like a little dry. They're kind of just, they just kind of have this like pretty routine life. And they don't have like a lot of problems. They're just kind of, they're usually kind of just like generally positive, right? And uh, uh, because sometimes we, we have so much drama in our lives that and and we've surrounded ourselves with people who have a lot of drama in their lives that we look at someone who's doing all right and we're like ah oh, that's that's boring i don't want to be like that but 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 really you're you're kind of you you've you've you're you're deep in a mess <laughs> you know and you need people who are a lot like calmer they they make decisions more slowly more thoughtfully they they think things through they have like their uh you know ways of of thinking about problems and thinking about what you should do um like again this isn't about um finding people who you know you can take lots of selfies with and post them on Instagram, right? This is about finding people who you can trust, right? Um, and, and just because someone is, um, is there right now doesn't mean it's someone that will be there when you really need them, right? And, and, and that's where we have to be careful. And um, I can tell you there, there are a bunch of people in my life that I trust very much, very, very, very much, but I don't talk to them that often. Right. And also there's a few people that I trust that I do talk to very often. So, so, um, but, but, but it's not about the frequency of speaking. It's about the, the quality of the person and their relationship and the relationship you have with them. Like, is it someone who will tell me the truth? So, and let me just tell you, because I'm also on the helping side, there are people that I help who I only talk to when they need help. And, and these aren't people who are using me. They're not, the only thing they're getting from me is my time. They're not taking money or anything, right? So, um, and I'm very happy to do that to, for them. I'm very happy to do that for them. Like if they call me, they need something, I will talk to them. We don't hang out that much. You know, we don't talk. We don't barely, the only thing we do is say happy birthday, you know, every once a year or something, maybe, right? Uh, uh, but, we're there for each other, you know, when, 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 when we need to. So, um, you know, to work on these issues, in addition to having people you trust, like listen to lectures, you know, lots of, lots of great stuff out there that you can find to learn, read, just read, like read books, a lot of good stuff to read. Uh, if you really have a hard time sitting in front of a book, you could do the audiobook thing. Um, uh, and you could also join lots of groups, you know, that focus on these topics. Before we bypass the couple of things you just said, um, any top of mind resources? Like, I love the groups. I love the books. I'm a big fan of Audible. But is there any that come to my come to mind? Not from a couple standpoint, but with sticking with this, um, the dating piece or 
self-development, self-growth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, there are um, there are two books that come to mind for me. Um, one of them is, uh, it's a really kind of fun book, actually. It's a fun book uh, called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping by Dr. Henry Cloud. Uh, really, uh, just, a, just a, a fun kind of like tactical book on like steps to take and things like that. But, but, but what's also really great about that book is it, it tells you things to watch out for in yourself. You know, and, and, and that's that's where a lot of really important concepts in that book, I think. Uh, also, he, he's a co-author of another book. It's actually a broader series about boundaries, um, but he has a book specifically uh, on boundaries in dating. So okay, this is by uh, Henry Cloud. Henry Cloud. And that second book, Boundaries in Dating, is with Henry Cloud and the co-authors, Dr. John Townsend. Um, so, so I recommend I those two books. So I mention that yeah. because I know those names pretty well, um, I think it is good to just say, because I always like to mention it, those are faith-based then, because those yeah, are sure. faith-based. And so I would just ask people that, although they're faith-based, whether or not that that's something that you subscribe to, it might be a book that you could just listen to the principles yeah. and don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because the principles are timeless and they will always be true. You just, you don't have to subscribe to the ideology but stick to the principles because knowing those both authors, um, I, yeah. they're, they're incredible, incredible yeah. authors. So yeah, I haven't yeah. read either. So I'm going to actually pick both of them up, but I know yeah. the authors. Yeah. And, and actually, uh, thanks for mentioning that, Jean, because that, that other, the, the, the first book I mentioned, How to Get a Date Worth Keeping is, there isn't, from what I remember, I probably read it like 10 years ago, but the, the, um, the, there isn't a lot of like faith-based, um, you know, it's not very explicit, so it'll it won't be an obstacle to someone who is is not looking for that type of message right now. Excellent. I would I would love to add one a resource. Sure. Last year, at the same same time frame, um, I was introduced to. I know Andy Stanley is just one of my favorite speakers, and he hmm. did a six part series that you could find on YouTube. His name is Andy Stanley, and it was Love Dates and Heartbreaks. And it was all about dating in this culture and this time. So if anybody is really trying to jot down some of these resources, Andy Stanley on YouTube, six-part series, Love, Dates, and Heartbreaks. So lots of resources here. Lots of yeah. resources. So yeah. yeah. Great, Keep great. So, yeah, so uh, so I really wish you know listeners well, and and um, uh, dating is 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 if you do it right, it's going to be fun. It's going to be very fulfilling. Um, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, you, uh, you may meet the person you'll spend the rest of your life with, um, and um, and just if you do it the right way, you won't regret anything. You won't you won't exit experiences with with scars and pain and regrets no truer words have ever been said i want to backtrack one second because you had also mentioned groups you said listen to great you know lectures books audiobooks yeah. and the last thing was groups and you know groups by that means could mean golfing groups it could mean running yeah. groups it could be hiking groups it could be any kind of cooking anything yeah. that you're passionate about you meet some like-minded people um, yeah. So just yeah. making sure that really round that out for people as well. Um, 
But yeah, and, and I think I think you know uh, there are groups that'll help you build relationships, any kind of relationship. But there, and there are also groups that are focused on specific areas of growth, and we all need both. You know, we need we need both, and and I, I encourage everyone to like articulate what you need to grow in. You know, and 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 don't miss uh, like work on that and find a group that can focus on that. But but yeah, like there's so many different kinds, like you mentioned, Jenny, which uh, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Right. So my uh, where I stand corrected is I was talking about groups to meet people, and what you're yeah. talking about is find you know really find that area where you want to grow in and find a group. And you know, one thing that pops out in my mind that I think all of us need a better command of is our communication skills. Mm. Learning how to communicate, how do we minimize conflict in, in our yeah. communication? How do we speak from a best self and confidence and certainty versus critical and, and lack of trust? And that baggage is where, you know, we filter out and we speak through that baggage. So finding these groups that can help in all areas, whether it's pornography, whether it's communication, what is that thing that you need to, to work on? So yeah. just so important. And if if, if our listeners took these steps, if they really outline these four, four pitfalls and really setting themselves up for a, a much healthier future. So, but Mukar, you have, you're always, so your voice is just fun. It's soothing. It's filled with wisdom. Uh, you know, how would people, I can't imagine that people listening to you wouldn't be like, well, you know, I, you're part of the team. So if they wanted to make you a part of the team, uh, you know, how would people get in touch with you? And I know that you are a very busy man these days. So don't even know if you're taking on clients or team members or anything like that. And you're on the, the West Coast. So just share a little bit about what that looks like when people listen and, you know, start feeling like, wow, I just need more of his message. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm always very honored and, and like uh, blessed to be able to support anyone in this journey. Um, if anyone wants to uh, learn more about me and kind of the service that I provide, uh, you can go to elevateclc.com and the CLC stands for Couple Life Coaching. Um, and, uh, and you can learn more about um, what I do. And, uh, you know, and a Google search will probably bring up some lectures and things like that. Um, you know, over the next few months, we'll be doing a few marital seminars uh, on the West Coast and East Coast. And so, um, but ElevateCLC.com is probably the most direct way to, to reach out. So one clarifying question, uh, certainly, you know, we'll have all this information in, you know, the post below. So we'll, we'll be able to make sure we make it easy for the listener. But um, do you do anything virtually or is majority of yours just in person in California. How yeah, does that th thanks for asking, Janine. Yeah, actually, I, I think maybe 90% of my work is virtual, uh, besides the uh, the lectures, like um, lectures are kind of mixed. Um, but but all my client work um, is, uh, is virtual, pretty much. Wow. Yeah, so, so it's great. All right. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on again. I can't thank you enough for all the value and wisdom that you shared with me in my personal journey. Um, but any last words for our, for our listeners before we conclude? Because oh no! Wish, so wishing you all the best. Yeah, and and you know, just listening to this talk is is part of you, uh, you know, listeners making an effort 
to, to grow as, as individuals, which is, uh, which is the right thing to do. Right. And, and, uh, by the way, everything I've said today, uh, I have applied in my own life and continue to apply. And so, um, I, uh, you know, but that's for another time. And, uh, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm really encouraged by, by you being here and, and, and spending and investing the time to grow as, as individuals. And I, I wish you the best in your experiences. I love it. No better words to conclude with. So with that, we hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Gem Revealed's podcast, Discover Your Soulmate. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. We really value your opinion, so please feel free to send us your question, comments, or feedback. You can email us at info at gemrevealed.com. You can also find out more about Gem Revealed services by visiting gemrevealed.com. I'll see you next time as we discover your soulmate.